Hey, folks, I know there are lots of business owners who listen to this show. Maybe some of you never planned on running a business, but now here you are. One thing you've always got to keep in mind is how much you're spending on your operating costs. That's one of the first things we had to keep in mind with WTF. And with things costing more today than they did when we started, you want to keep your expenses down. To reduce costs and headaches, be smart and use NetSuite by Oracle, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, and HR into one platform and one source of truth. Reduce IT costs, cut the costs of maintaining multiple systems, improve efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. By popular demand, NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Head to netsuite.com slash WTF for more. That's netsuite, N-E-T-S-U-I-T-E dot com slash WTF. All right, let's do this. How are you, what the fuckers? What the fuck, buddies? What the fucking ears? What the fuckocrats? What the fuck, publicans? And the what the fuck, Nicks? What's happening? I'm Mark Marin. This is my podcast, WF. WF? Holy shit. What's happening to me? Is it the statins? Is it, what is it? <laughs> this is my podcast. Just, what fuck? No, the, what fuck? Wow. Brain skid. Jesus, what is happening? I can I, I can do this. All right. Welcome to the show, by the way. Uh, this is Independence Day weekend. Uh, the 4th of July is tomorrow, if you're listening to this on Monday. And as I do every year, obviously, where I live here in Highland Park, uh, on the east side of Los Angeles County, uh, the 4th of July started weeks ago. So it's a slow build. We're, 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 we're well prepared here in Highland Park for what's about to happen. I'm going to go up on, uh, up on my roof for a little while, then I'm going to go over to my buddy Dan's from Gimme Gimme Records, hang out in his yard. I'm going to bake some stuff. I'm going to get back into the baking. Well, it's one specific thing, and it's a homage at this point. Uh, I make some hippie bread from Angelica Kitchen, in New York City, which is no longer with us. Angelica Kitchen has passed. It's moved on. It's no longer. And this this brick of brown rice, oats, cornmeal, apple cider is a very specific type of bread. I wouldn't call it a bread. There's no real leavening or rising or or even baking powder involved. It is just a, a brick that slices up. And uh, I make it with, uh, there's a, a miso tahini spread that goes with it. I found a recipe for it. I honor the recipe of the late great Angelica Kitchen in New York, and there is a lot of uh, of uh, transplants at this uh, shindig I go to who uh, who might know the original hippie cornbread, the hippie rice brick, the brick of uh, uh, supposed health uh, that is Angelica cornbread. So I'm going to be making that. I don't know what you're making, cooking up some meats. You know, we're celebrating the uh, the independence of America, uh, and that that uh, has different meaning, I would imagine, for the people of this country tomorrow. Uh, two very different ideas of uh, where America is going and what's happening, and what independence means, and what democracy means. Some people are going to be celebrating and excited about exactly how things are going. Other people are going to be sort of scared and thoughtful. Either way, whether you're eating in uh, celebration 
eating those ribs, eating those steaks, those burgers, those dogs, those brats, whatever you're eating, that slab of salmon on a piece of cedar. Some people are going to be eating out of celebration. Others are going to be eating out of terror and fear and just, you know, make it go away for a second. Those are the two approaches to grilling this year that you can grill for the uh, the glory of America in its current state, or you can grill for the uh, complete uh, existential panic that you're experiencing and eat that shit away. Either way, enjoy it. Don't blow your fingers off, of course. That's, that's always good. Watch your kids with the fire and the bombs and the, uh, yeah, watch them with that. Watch them with the lighters. Watch, ask them where they got whatever they got and, Try to assess what it's going to do before uh, someone loses an arm. It's not worth the fight. <laughs> today, today. And for Christ's sake, be careful with your guns, will you? In my neighborhood, uh, occasionally there's a habit to shoot guns into the air. And, uh, you know, that billet's going to come down eventually. As it did on my back windshield years back. That was on New Year's Eve. So, yeah, yeah, go easy with the gunplay if you could, either, you know, the violent kind or just the celebratory kind where you just blow a couple rounds into the air because those bullets, they do come down. They don't enter orbit. And for God and country's sakes, don't play with the firearms too much unless you're doing it safely. All right? And don't shoot anybody for, for fuck's sake. Would you not do that on the 4th of July? Could we not do that? Oh, my God. Today on the show, it's a doubleheader. We have Chavo Guerrero, a, uh, a wrestler. He, uh, he was the trainer on the, for, the, for the women on the show Glow, which is what I'm on. And, uh, but he also, he's a legacy. He comes from a wrestling dynasty. He comes, he's like a third-generation wrestler. Uh, he, and, and by doing the show, he was actually following in the footsteps of his uncle Mondo Guerrero, who trained the women on the original Glow Show in the 80s. And Kia Stevens is also on the show. Kia uh, wrestles under the name Awesome Kong and Karma. Uh, she's a professional wrestler who actually had uh, other aspirations, as you'll find in my conversation with her. It was great. She was the one actual professional wrestler in the cast of the Women of Glow. And one of the things that's great about talking to the people involved in the show outside of sharing with you what uh, what the business of show business is about from the ground up, from production, from acting, from in this show, you know, training. Uh, and also I'm going to talk to the writers and the uh, creators. Uh, what we find, you know, is all the things that are involved in creating entertainment product. Uh, but also this is a it's an interesting time uh, in the culture. And, you, you know, for someone who didn't grow up with wrestling, uh, it's hard not to compare a, a lot of the tactics uh, in the in the media uh, that are going on now to wrestling tactics. Uh, our president is one of the greatest heels uh, that's ever existed, really. Unfortunately, he's in a the, the most powerful position on the world. And, you know, a, a lot of times, uh, you know, the heels an entertaining guy and he's got an entertaining attitude. And some people watch wrestling. They love the heels. They love the faces. They want the heels to get their comeuppance, but they want the heel to come back and fight some more and be the asshole that they are. And I, I don't know. I, I, I think that in this particular wrestling match, uh, the, you know, a majority of the citizens of the United States of America will have to be the face. See how that pans out on all levels. 
But, you know, the sort of Monarchian universe of wrestling, the sort of the good and evil, the simplicity of it, the spectacle of it, the execution of it, those emotions that are grounded in the story, but also in the, the dichotomy, the heel, the face, that's it. You got your mid, you know, people that go both ways kind of deal, but uh, it is honest and I've been enjoying talking to people involved in wrestling. And I, I guess it's never too late, never too late to become a fan of wrestling once you get it. So this is me talking to the legendary Chavo Sometimes I wish I paid more attention in school, or in some cases, any attention at all. There are probably a lot of things I could have gotten more out of, like literature, and now it's probably not in the cards to go back to school and study the classics. But luckily for us, there's a new podcast called The Foxed Page that dives deep into the best books of all time. This is basically like the best possible college English class, but more relaxed and fun. No pressure of grades or needing to prepare something to say in class. It's only the books you want to read and know about presented by best-selling author Kimberly Ford. Everything from Cormac McCarthy to Madame Bovary, from classics like Frankenstein to modern hits like Lessons in Chemistry. I love Ireland, but I missed the boat on James Joyce. The Foxed Page has a three-part series on Dubliners, and that's a pretty great starting point. Want to get the most out of what you read? The Foxed Page is for you. Get it now wherever you get your podcast. Chavo Guerrero Jr. That's it, man. Sorry about your dad, man. Oh, thanks, man. It's okay. It's good. It's yeah, a, it's a good. It's a good thing, man. We uh, for you, you, all you listen that don't know, my dad passed away about uh, I don't know about five weeks ago, six weeks ago, two months ago, something like that. Um, it was good, man. I, I got a. Me and my dad were pretty close. Yeah. But I could have gotten a call in the middle of the night, him saying, you know, them saying your dad passed away last night. Was he ill? He wasn't. He he went for a gallbladder thing. Yeah. And they found liver cancer. Oh. So. And it was already that far along. Yeah, it was stage four. And he's like, what are you talking about? He goes, you've given me like, I don't know how many scans and yeah. nothing. And all of a sudden, liver cancer, stage four, unoperable. So I had five straight weeks with him, you know, really. And, oh, I, and I was good. with him a lot. So it was, it was good. And a lot of people are upset. He was a hero to many. Yeah, man, for sure. For sure, man. For sure. <laughs> it's a, the wrestling patriarch. Yeah, yeah. He kind of was, man. This guy was, he grew up, I mean, he, my grandfather was a wrestler also. It's back, so crazy. How far, how far back, how many generations? Three, you're the third? It's three generations, but it, it's, it goes both sides of the family. So my grandmother met my grandfather because she went to see her brother who was a famous wrestler. In Mexico. In Mexico. What is that tradition of Mexican wrestling? Did that predate the American obsession? How how uh, do they? Yeah, for sure. In America, it was still kind of very carnivaly esque. Uh, I can't say that. You had like guys like jo- Gorgeous George and right. those guys. Yeah, uh, but who Ma- our president modeled his uh, career after? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We can get into that, right? <laughs> yeah, Jeez. Yeah. But uh, in Mexico these guys became more superhero-esque. They started doing uh, movies and that kind of stuff. So there was a uh, famous wrestler named El Santo, who uh-huh. was my dad's godfather, actually, and my grandfather's partner at the time. Were, they, were these guys, were they doing the masks? So nobody did the masks in Mexico, and this one guy, El Santo, did the mask, and the studios, uh, the Mexican studios, saw the potential in it, and, and they started casting him as a superhero in all of these movies uh-huh. so he became so popular that everybody started adopting that mask 
So that's, that's where the mask that's started. Where the mask came from. Yeah. So then our family doesn't do the mask because my grandfather never did. So we kind of we bucked against it. You know, yeah, what I mean? yeah. say we're we're too pretty. We don't need to do it. You know, but uh, so there was a yeah. generation of Mexican wrestlers that some were masked and, and some, some weren't. Were, yes, and now most of them start off with a mask and then they end up losing it. I don't. But know. But did did that play into the heel and face thing? You know, the uh, the mask guys were they always bad? Were no, they good? No, some guys good, some guys bad. It didn't really really matter. And everybody was it like a clown face? Did everyone have their own unique mask? Yeah, you have you have your own unique mask. You're, everybody has their own. That's only their unique style, you know. But now Lucha as a brand is is the the Mexican wrestling. It's called Lucha Libre. Yeah, that is what's Mexican wrestling called. That's called like free wrestle almost. Right. Free wrestle. Free wrestle. But you know, anytime you say now Lucha. Yeah. That's, that's Mexican style of wrestling. Although they are good mat wrestlers, they yeah. do a lot of like acrobatics and it's it's very flippy and I'll do the ropes and all the different but stuff. But that's like, that. like seen sort of a resurgence in the last decade yeah. here in the States. Yeah, so everything's like, kind, of like, kind of like MMA is now to where you kind of have to ha- be a hype. Before when MMA started, you were either a puncher or you were a right. jiu-jitsu guy or you were right. a karate guy. Right. Well, now you're a hybrid of everybody, of everything, you know? Yeah. And that's what wrestling is now. Like American wrestling is definitely, any, any like high-flying moves you see, that's lucha stuff yeah any real strong style hitting stuff that's japan style um really yeah any like real technical mat wrestling that's kind of that's kind of like um um european style and then throw it in with the american entertainment right version of it that's where you kind of get what's, what is now but this, the hybrid. All, all these mm-hmm. all these disciplines you're talking about are professional wrestling so right. it is a acrobatic theatrical scripted yeah, uh, 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 match. Yes, for sure, for sure. It's our main th- objective is, is entertainment, right? Not a great show, a great match. And all these other areas where you talk about Japan and Europe, they had they have been evolving styles for the last however many years. Yeah, yeah. But wrestling was in France. Uh, yeah. it all seemed to happen around the same time, right? Yeah, like, in the early twenties. You know, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. That's when it all started, and it was right. really kind of at first like a like a carnival type thing, right. carny, and then it just got bigger and bigger, and then then you got people, you know. That's kind of like how boxing started. Boxing kind of started with just guys would just bare knuckle fight, you know, and yeah, just, yeah, you know, right. crowd to get around them. And then eventually you got to the, you know, the rules and the big stadiums and that kind of stuff. But still you're just dealing with in terms of how the outcome of boxing match is going to go. It's it's just the odds of the the fight record of the guy like right. the, you, you didn't know they, they're sure. actually beating the shit out of each other as wrestlers are too. Sure. It's the, we have the luxury of it being able to put on the great show. I mean, MMA and boxing although I love all of that stuff yeah. you know sometimes you go pay for a boxing match or an MMA match and it's, it's you know it's, it's over in it's, a minute it's over in a second or it's boring as heck and you're like blah this is a horrible yeah, you know right. I don't know how many times I've yelled at my <laughs> at my TV and yelled at Dana White from the, this, this, the head of the UFC and saying you owe me fifty nine ninety five, jerk <laughs> you know yeah with wrestling you know it's going to go on for a while it's, yeah you know it's going to be pretty good so where did you grow up primarily uh, I grew up here in, in Orange County. And I'm you, from El Paso, Texas. That's where our family's, uh, you know, Mexico City, but then El Paso, Texas. But we grew up here in Orange County in uh, like Huntington Beach, Fountain Valley. And your area. dad grew up in El Paso? He grew up kind of everywhere. He was on the road when my grandfather was uh, uh, a wrestler. He wrestled everywhere. So my my dad grew up like almost like an army brat, just kind of all over the place. Uh-huh. And they settled in El Paso, and that's where he went to high school at. Yeah, and then came out here at the, I mean, the Olympic Auditorium in Los Angeles. And so, when your dad was uh, uh, like at the time that your father was, 
huge in wrestling right it was still sort of a a a special world it wasn't like mainstream entertainment it wasn't yet it was starting to get there like it'd be very localized now like the we say the wwe's territory is 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 the world now but you'd had different territories like my dad was part of the los angeles territory which was called los angeles nwa hollywood wrestling and like people like freddie blassie start came out of there and roddy piper and and you know my father and and other of course and where were they wrestling at the olympic auditorium the old olympic auditorium is now a korean church uh-huh. but it was built in 1930 for the 1932 olympics right and if you look at the size of it comparative to the big you know staple centers and stuff now it's relatively pretty small but that's where they had huge massive bouts and you know, the olympics and stuff were there so that's where he would that was his main the home of it did they shoot a local show there like where i grew up in yes. albuquerque they had it at the civic auditorium right. So, and then they had, there was a dude that used to host it on Sundays, right. a little dude with a white beard and white hair, yeah. and he'd, he'd be the guy exact interviewing Exact same people. thing here. And every, every um, basically territory, so you had, you know, here in California, you had the, you know, the, the San Francisco territory and you had the Los Angeles territory. Um, but in, you know, Texas would have, you know, four or five different territories, the Dallas, El Paso, San Antonio, Houston territories. Um, they all did the same thing. And they'd have the, they'd have the weekly matches? They all had weekly matches. They had actually probably... They, these guys wrestled. They never. They wrestled three hundred days a year. Well, three hundred and sixty-five days a year on the year. So uh, on the every, road. They, on the road. Yeah. Oh, no, they wrestled every single day. There would be a territory. So like my dad would do here would do Los Angeles TV on you know whatever it was on on Monday. I, I'm getting these days wrong. Yeah. But on Monday, Tuesday would be Ventura. Uh, Wednesday would be um, you know um, let's say Fresno. Thursday would be San Diego. Friday would be San Bernardino. Uh, the and they just go- have matches, so you never knew how many people were going to come. It wasn't you never necessary. knew. So you had one TV show yeah. that, that propelled all your live events. Huh. Typically, wrestling is a live event right. um, um, business. Yeah. They use their TV show to promote their live events, basically. That's kind of how it's still kind of done. Yeah, and these guys got, like, you know, having, you know, worked with uh, you a little bit on Glow and mm-hmm. also, like, not growing up being a wrestling guy. Sure. Like, you know, the, like John Darneal and the Mountain Goes wrote that beautiful mm-hmm. song about your dad, right? Right, right, right. And because, like, he was a kid who had trouble at home and, you know, wrestling kind of elevated things. And, and who else, who was I talking to? I was talking to um, AJ Lee. You know, she was one of these kids that would watch wrestling and, you know, she also grew up in a in a painful childhood right. and and in her mind it was like i can be a superhero it was kind of like, that's <laughs> kind of like what we are i mean how they portray us as superheroes and the new show that i'm doing lucha underground really comic book superhero is totally what the way we go and you write it. comics and well i didn't write that one i'm that one's written about me the one you gave me yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. it's called the warrior's creed by on by lion, lion forge comics but fabian nascenza who yeah. created deadpool yeah that that moved the, the comic and the movie i like that movie he wrote that book too he did yeah i i i sort of like that movie i, 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 never, I, I was never a, a comic book guy much or yep. a wrestling guy i was always it was always rock and roll and shit to me but yeah, i love that too yeah there's yeah. a crossover now and i just knew that there was a world out there i'm like what the fuck is, is that? that but i never like <laughs> went into it right right but just covered yeah. everyone's covered in blood all the time were I, they I, yeah they always said that blood you know red equal equal green <laughs> a lot of times they're always bleeding did they and use stuff fake like blood no, never fake. Always real blood. Yeah. Always real blood. You know, either there's two ways to do it. There's either the hard way, which means, you know, straight shot and bust you open, or they'd sometimes, you know, do a little, we call it the, the cut job. You know, oh, really? They, yeah, they'd cut themselves sometimes at certain at certain points. That's that's hard to do because you got to, 
do it and people are watching. It's not like it's, a, it's like a cut and then you do it. It's, you know, <laughs> you do it yeah. in front of people. And if they see you, I always say wrestling is like magic. You know, yeah. you, you see um, Chris Angel. Yeah. We all know it's not real. It's an illusion. Yeah. But when he floats, I mean, yeah. he starts floating. You're like, oh, my God, how's he doing that? What? How's he doing that? Yeah. But as soon as you see the string, you're like, oh, okay. You yeah. change the channel. Yeah, yeah. And wrestling's the same way. We all, they know it's not real. It's entertainment. But. If we can get them to like go, God, I know it's not real, but these guys are really beating beating the crap out of each other. God, is that real? But as soon as you see the string, which is, you know, a fake punch or, you know, the the, the typical wrestling right. fall or whatever it is, then you change the channel. That's something we never let them want them. Right, to but I see. think also people appreciate the uh, the choreography of uh, it. Absolutely. Like if you sure. do a good job with one of those moves, even though you know it's a move, they're right. like, oh, that was a good one. Yeah, sure, absolutely, sure. sure. <laughs> yeah. I'm seeing all your guitars around here. Yeah, yeah. I'm. I'm 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 aspiring. Are you? I'm, well, I'm new to it. Yeah. Literally. Yeah. I, I I'm not I, I'm not great at it, but I I seem to acquire guitars. That's awesome. And I, I and I like yeah. to play, but uh, but like okay, so so when your old man was doing it, mm-hmm. it was a hard life. But and also the fact is is that whether people know it's it's staged or it isn't staged doesn't matter. There's a narrative, and right. there are characters, right. and there are people there every week that they know who sure. they know who the rivalries are with, and you know some it's people. It's like a soap opera for men, is what we call it. Yeah, yeah. But but also there is physical risk, and there is Absolutely. you know these guys are beating the shit out of themselves for sure. We, I mean, we've that's a lot of stuntmen are really big fans of ours, like Jackie Chan and John Claude Van Damme yeah. and, and Chuck Norris, because they would see what we do, you know, three hundred days a year with thirty or forty different opponents, never really rehearsing, just going out there and doing it. And they were kind of like in awe, like, "How the heck do you guys do this every day on the road and just you're doing a different match every single night?" And you know, they take they they'd go on, on set and rehearse it for for two weeks. Yeah. You know? they're like, "I don't understand." You guys are in it, making the bread. You yeah. got to make the money. You got to put it, on the show. Basically, yep. So now, at what level? What was the wrestling world? How did your like in your father's time that he was a big star? What did that mean at that time? I mean, how big was the Pretty big. I, I knew. I knew we were growing up in a special family. You know, the Guerrero yeah. family. You know, it's kind of weird because you grow up being, you know, taken care of and signing autographs and that kind of stuff. And or not that I was, but my, you know, being around that that even being a celebrity type thing. Yeah. Right? You know, my my family was. So it's kind of normal to you. Yeah. Uh, as I'm older now, you see it and you kind of really appreciate it. But like my kids would. You know, they'd play, be playing video games and playing me, yeah. and they'd be talking to their friend. You know, yeah. they're, they're like five years old. Say, hey, hey, which one is your dad? Yeah, yeah. And they just kind of thought everybody's <laughs> dad was on video games, and they're like, their friends are like, "What are you talking about? My dad's but, not on video game." <laughs> but could he make a good living, your old man? Yeah, you know what? They they made good living, good livings. Yeah. It wasn't like it is now. You right. make much better now. Now it's much bigger, and and you know, Russell's make a lot more money. Uh, back then, you know, they they. They made good money, but it's, you know, you get hurt, then you didn't get paid. There was, you know, no union. There's none of that stuff. So. Right. And slimy promoters. And very and slimy. You. Yeah. <laughs> you on our show. <laughs> I think next season, if we do one, I'm, I'm going to evolve into more of a, because the funny thing about that character and was that they told me that, like, your guy doesn't know nothing about wrestling. And right. I'm like, perfect. Pretty, yeah, 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 pretty, yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. So now we're yeah. going to learn about right. it. And I wonder how they're going to go with that. I wonder how, because, like, I, you know, I have the disposition 
But now I got to be educated because, you know, at the beginning of the series, my dream was to do a movie right. and I had a misunderstanding of what was important about right. wrestling. Right. So I hope as the seasons go on, if they do, that, you know, I become more entrenched in the wrestling. You know, that would seem to make sense to me that since. Uh, yeah, you sure. I would think that's the way they'd go because you realize wow, it becomes we could successful. actually make some money on this right, thing, right, right. I guess when you were a kid, you did. It was just a natural thing that you were going to be a wrestler. Yeah, we grew up with a wrestling in the backyard. Literally, you did. I, I had a wrestling ring in the backyard, and we just—it's a family business. It's what it was. I mean, my grandmother took the—you t- know—she would help promote it and took the tickets, and we would sell programs, and other people would be at concession stands. And it's a real road show. Exactly. It just like it was like you're a rock and roll fan. It was like being like a rock rock right. star. All different different venues, all the different times, always on and the road. And it's a family traveling. affair. Absolutely. The merch, the the everything. ticket sales, everything. everything. The everything. Guerrero family. They're basically. coming to town. Yeah, basically, you know, yeah. So when did you start doing it professional? Um my first actual match was when I was 23. So that was in 1993. But you've been wrestling in that ring in the backyard since you were a kid. Yes, for sure. And your uncle was uh, your yeah Eddie Guerrero. He was a wrestler too, you know. So and he was only th- three years older than me he was one of my uncles i had other uncles that were wrestlers also oh yeah but he was the closest an age to me and, right yeah we were like we grew up as brothers basically so oh, yeah. we used to wrestle in the backyard uh we would camp out under the ring you know like that was our tent yeah we would take off the top rope so that the second rope was our top rope because we were small you know yeah yeah, yeah we just we, <laughs> that's just how it was we just lived in the in the ring and what uh and so you were 23 and what was the wrestling scene like then because it, it was already changing you're thinking the hulk hogan years was probably in 83 84 yeah that's probably when it really got really big right uh so by 93 yeah it was it was massive and you were, wrestlemania's already happened and all that kind of stuff and so. you were gunning for that you think i don't know i was so naive when i got into it i kind of was just like yeah okay I'm how were you naive you were like well yeah. you knew you wanted to be a wrestler, I to be a wrestler. But the business yeah you know look i'm I, i'm a <laughs> basically look I'm a small brown guy in this big white guy's world you yeah know? I was these guys were massive they were you know six foot eight and yeah. six five three hundred pounds so really I mean I grew up I was you know five foot nine on a good day yeah you know I was weighing at 150 pounds and I always told my friends hey I'm gonna be a wrestler and they'd be like yeah right yeah yeah right even my family was like you're just you're just too small you how, can't, big, you how can't. big was uh, Eddie my size, uh-huh. my size. So you guys were both—we were all com- about the same size, our whole family. We just kind of made it. I don't know how. We but but you were coming up at the same time, right? Yeah, yeah. You he, and Eddie. Yeah, he was about—he was about—he's three years older than me, but about five years older than me, or six years older than me than in the wrestling world. And and he did you guys get involved with Vince and that crew? Not until not 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 till we got established for a while. First, we first I, started when this other uh, Ted Turner owned a a wrestling organization also called uh, WCW World Championship Wrestling. That's how we got introduced. Basically, yeah, we had wrestled in Mexico and did some other things, but then to the the big huge organization was WCW, and that got purchased by Vince McMahon from the WWF at the time, and then he acquired my contract. My uncle Eddie had already made the jump to them before. Yeah, yeah. And was he big on that circuit, Eddie? Yeah, absolutely. One of the biggest. <laughs> One of the biggest. Yeah. And did you see? Like, did you when you got in? What was your relationship with Eddie? Did you guys wrestle together? Did you? Yeah, we were we we're pretty. I mean, I consider myself, and from what people told me, that at the time we were probably the best tag team in the world yeah i think so i mean there was other great tag teams out there you know but as far as everything as far as being able to do promos entertain and and wrestle and fight and fly and yeah and do do everything be good guys be bad guys i think we were the best at the time i mean yeah. there's 
what year was that uh we started in two two 2003 yeah we had about a year run and then they broke us up to become singles wrestlers again and but, but at least you knew each other you did, they had a a, a a family language yeah well right? we, we'd been doing that our whole lives so when people when they first put us together they're like holy like, holy shit you guys are so good i'm like well yeah we've been doing this our whole lives we didn't we never really had to talk in the ring we just knew what each other was doing in the right room. We right just, like it was really like a a sixth sense that I, I i i would he where he left off i would start up right I'd pick up and vice versa yeah just unspoken communication yeah yeah it's very it's it's i mean you it's definitely different than you know being on stage as far as like stand up and stuff like sure that. but you but it's the same it's it's this sixth sense that you feel you get you become one with your partner and your opponents and the referee and the crowd you kind of you feel what's going to make them pop. You know what I mean? It's like we we go up there. Like I, I consider the the fans as I compare them to to children to babies. <laughs> ba- because a baby, if you you have ba- if you have kids, yeah, you you don't they're crying. You don't know why they're crying. Is he dirty? Is he guys yeah. yeah, burp? Does he yeah. sleepy? Does he hung? Is he hungry? Yeah, you have to figure out what's going to make him stop crying. Yeah, well, fans are the same way. You get out there, they they want to be entertained. But they just don't know what they want. Do yeah. they want fighting? Yeah, do they want wrestling? Do they want brawling? Do they want to laugh? Yeah, do they want entertainment? It's it's you just you don't know. They don't know. You have to feel what they want and and honor it. And you can and you can and you improvise like absolutely. that. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. For sure. And you know when you need to get a laugh and you know when you need to yeah, do a sure. flip or whatever yeah sure there's times when i just i'm, I'm facing off with somebody and i can tell oh this is going to be easy this, yeah. they, they're going to come on every and anything yeah and there's times when i like oh okay let's try lock up boom that didn't work oh really but yeah oh let's try let's try rusting Ooh, that's not going to get them okay so then you got to start feeling them out and get both of you in in the match feel that yeah do you have a do you talk for, about it out there pretty much now i'm kind of the leader when i get in the ring yeah for the most part so i'll it, you just listen to me and, yeah, and yeah. If, it, if we don't get them we don't get them going and we don't entertain then it's the, the, the heat's on me oh really <laughs> oh yeah so how much do you do it now uh, I st- I still do it. I have another show called Lucha Underground that's uh, on Netflix now. Also, yeah. the first one and two seasons that's really doing well. Um, so I'm talent on the show, but I produce that show also. So I I I used to wrestle 300 days a year. Now I wrestle about 25, 30 days a year. Why? Because of age, or just because of like you didn't you got tired of it? It's a combination of everything. I don't have to anymore. Before you wrestled because you know for for money, <laughs> you know. Now I got a bunch of other things that I'm doing, you know. So I don't have to wrestle all the time. Right now I'm in between shows, so I'm picking up other wrestling shows and wrestling signings. But usually, as a, a guy who is a, a consultant, hands on. You know, a trainer and, right. and and that and and occasionally talent. Is that how it works? Yeah, yeah, for sure. For but like, sure. what was any of your decision to kind of ease up outside of financial? Was it? It obviously took a, a mortal toll on your uncle. Yeah, for yeah. For I mean, sh- what for happened sure. to that? What was that generation like? How did how did he pass away? So for sure, that was a definite reason why I stepped back. You, you know that you can't do this forever. You can we say you can borrow it for a small time and then you got to give it back. Mm-hmm. So when Eddie grew up, Eddie was growing up in that last my where my father he, he the, my father grew up in the wild west of wrestling. Yeah. The wild west it was the 70s 80s. That's the same as Hollywood. 
cocaine, steroids. Nobody knew all that stuff was bad for you. Right. <laughs> you know, and if they did, they right. didn't listen. Right. They just was, you know, just. They couldn't tell by their behavior. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you're on the road and just, it just changed, you know. So Eddie grew up on that on the back end of that, but he really grew up when prescription pills mm. got got bigger. You know, my I was asked my dad, like, hey, man, how come you never got, you know, involved with, with prescription pills? He what, painkillers? Like, yeah, painkillers. And he's like, what do I want that for? That was legal. I yeah. wanted the illegal shit. Yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah, that's yeah, what my dad yeah. always said. <laughs> so Eddie, you know, was trying not to do the illegal stuff and was doing, well, they're prescribed by a doctor. It should be fine. So, you know, having a lot of pain that we have, you're trying to mask it and trying to keep going. Yeah. It's very easy to start saying, well, um, God, I got a little injury. I, yeah, yeah. I, need, I need a pill. I got a breakfast uh, injury. Exactly. Yeah, my fingers will. Yeah. 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 Hey, I might as well throw down a 12 pack yeah. with that too, right? Yeah, right. So- that is what really got Eddie. Now, he'd been clean for about three or four years when he passed, but just all the damage that he had already done, you yeah. know, scar tissue on his heart and that kind of stuff, and, and just pounding and being on the road. And, you know, we always say that, like, you're, Rustin, you're kind of like like a like a piece of meat. So, yeah. like, if you have, you put two steaks on the counter and you yeah. beat the crap out of one and you leave one normal, the one that you beat up is going gonna, is gonna to spoil faster than the other one. Kind of like how... We, how, yeah, us, you know, <laughs> resting, <laughs> our resting bodies are. <laughs> so when he passed away, it, it was it wasn't shocking. It was shocking. I mean, for sure. I mean, I was with him, and I kind of I was the one who you were? found him. Yeah, oh, he really? died, basically died in my arms. Really? Yeah. We're out on the road. We were on the road. We were on the road together. Yeah, we were in Minneapolis. We were getting ready to wrestle in Minneapolis a super show for WWE, and then we were going overseas for a tour. And uh, you know, we just happened to be on the same flights. I, I he lived in Phoenix. I was flying in from uh um orange county airport yeah and i connect in phoenix and we're like hey we were on the same flight so we roomed together we ended up getting a hotel at the same place and then we um you know we went to our own hotel rooms and he gave me he called me goes hey man um can can i talk to you man and i was like yeah sure what's going on he's like yeah, i just i just need to talk to you and i was like all right hold on a second i go let me get some stuff done i gotta go downstairs and work something out in yeah. the room and then I'll, I'll, I'll come up so i got done with with you know get my stuff done and I gave him a call and I go hey man what room are you in and he goes nah man that's okay and I said no man I'm coming up and he goes no nah, I'm, I'm, I'm cool I'm okay alright 7 o'clock in the morning I get a call from the hotel manager and he's saying hey um, your uncle didn't answer his wake up call so we went and knocked on his door I'm gonna call I'm like oh what do you mean didn't answer his wake up oh, yeah. call and they're like I, we, he's, we found him he's in the bathroom I said in the bathroom what's going on my first thought was he had a relapse yeah you know that's my first because i you know you find sure you find people you know drugged out sleeping on the floor yeah. and that kind of stuff and it, it happened quite a bit in wrestling back in the day you know yeah. um so i'm thinking oh man he had a relapse so we went to his room and i guess they tried to knock on his door try to open his door that the the latch was on it so they cut the latch off i came in and he was face down in his uh in in the um in the bathroom yeah so we picked him up like wow this this isn't right started cpr the whole deal and uh yeah he died right there right oh my yeah. god yeah man it was crazy what was it uh they said a heart failure mm. 38 years old heart failure. oh my god yeah right 38 years old and then you, and it's weird because you got people that just abuse their bodies until they're 60 years old yeah and are fine yeah relatively relative. yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah but yeah uh they live yeah for that's sure. sad man yeah, 38 years old man it was crazy yeah it was, and it was a big shock to the wrestling world yeah oh yeah it was terrible uh, for sure but it's glad, i'm glad you were there yeah no to, you know and it was like just the thing same thing with my dad 
it was a gift. Yeah. I got to spend his last moments with him. Yeah. And he didn't end up dying in his wife's arm or his kid's arm. Yeah. I had to find him. Yeah. It was mine. Yeah. So it, it was it was a gift. I oh. get it anyway. And but did, in that moment, did, was that like sort of like I don't know if I can. No, man, you just keep going. It's just like like Vince McMahon, yeah, yeah, we, we yeah. had a huge meeting and, you know, Vince came to the hotel room and the whole deal before we released it to the press and everything. He's like, what do we do? Do I mean, we're supposed to have the super show. Do we cancel the show? And I said, absolutely not. I go, Eddie, would he's the show must go on. You don't, absolutely not. He'd be insulted and hurt that you would cancel the show and all of these people who paid their money to see us perform were turned away. You know, my our grandfather always told us that, you know, these you get these fans that they may not have a lot of money and they're choosing to spend it on you. You better give them their money's worth. Put on the show. Put that show on. So the show must go on. And did Vin you announce it at the show? Yeah. Vince was was pretty, pretty good to make it a tribute show. We announced it right there. Well, I mean, it's a day of for fuck's sake. Yeah. Yeah. It's right there. Live TV. And the day that, that the day that he passed, the, you're on the you're on TV. Uh, five hours six hours before we actually went live or well, how was that crowd it was a sold out crowd and the place i mean it went it, that mixture of grief, grief and shock yeah and for sure you know there's a there's a wrestler right now and i, I believe it's um i think it's sasha banks i believe uh -huh. she was at that show as as a kid holding up an, an eddie guerrero sign oh like i loved eddie before like like he's my favorite wrestler and then finds out he's dead that day with her sign like what the heck so that that's pretty pretty touching, pretty heavy wow. heavy story, yeah. And now she's a wrestler in WWE now. It's interesting those mm -hmm. wrestling kids become wrestlers. Yeah, that's tough, man. It's tough. I don't know how they do it. I don't. Cause it. I grew up in the business, and just to come be an outsider and step in, it's so much. It's so hard and politics and just learning how to be a wrestler. Well, it's, it's, it's I, funny though that there is a way to become like there. Like when I talk to uh, AJ. Mm -hmm. You know, you go learn how to wrestle. You know, you get Basically, into yeah. a, a local scene, yep. you get the gym, and you you know you start plugging away. It's it's sort of like open mic level, and yeah. you know you hope Basically. you make a break. Yeah, it's the same thing. It's, it's Hollywood. You're trying yeah. to break in, and when you go take acting classes, and you know you can try to get a commercial here and there. You just keep learning your craft, and you go waitress on the side, right? Right. It's the same thing. With, you wrestle, and, and you and, go bouncer or bouncers or somewhere, or they, you know, they work in a gym and, and they, they do just and try they, to make it right, and they do the small matches. That's it, and hope to you know yep. someone goes like holy shit where'd yeah. that guy come from exactly so but now like you know when you have to do something like be a uh, you know the trainer on glow right you know i'm coming into this world and i've talked to wrestlers as a guy that doesn't know much about wrestling and you know i've talked to punk and i've talked to uh, colt cabana and i've talked to aj i've talked to foley you know my producer right. was a big wrestling kid sure okay so he keeps me in uh, you know uh, but you know we did a, a shtick with foley back in the day on radio where we basically did a wrestling script on the radio awesome he's great where he kicked someone's ass and people like who were listening right were like what happened to that day you know we it was a political show so you know mick is this you know liberal guy and we had this right. conservative guy come that. in who said he wanted to you know take him on and we we staged this fight on the mics and then you know uh, we we played it so it sounded like mick was beating the shit out of this conservative guy he was like ow hey and we That's ended great. it abruptly right and then we come and, back kaufman style right <laughs> yeah right and we come back we're like well that kind of got out of hand uh so let's just go on with the show we got all this mail from liberal people like that wasn't right that you heard that you know i yep. disagree with him but i don't know what happened there right right it, 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 it's it's the whole wrestling thing if you if people ask is, is wrestling real or is wrestling fake if you say it's real then they say they'll argue with you no matter what you say right. 
No, it's not. It's not real. It, it's fake. They do some fake punching. If you say it's fake, they say, well, eh, it's not totally fake. I mean, they're falling, right? But, but, so no matter what you say, they're going to argue with you. Well, but, but the weird thing is, is that the emotions are real. Oh, yeah. That if you lock sure. in, it doesn't matter. You know, no, you know, no one's saying it's a sport. Right. It's wrestling. Right. But, you know, the, the idea is your suspension of disbelief and to get involved with these characters. Sure. I mean, it's like it's it's, it's I, I compare it to a movie all the time. There's there's movies out there. We know it's entertainment. It's not real. It's not real. But I leave that theater sometimes and I'm like, God, I'm like, yeah, heart, like fucked up. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But then there's some movies you walk out like, yeah, I couldn't care less. Right. Right. It's the same thing. There's wrestlers, some wrestlers that are so good at pulling your heartstrings. And there's some that, you know, they just they're they yeah. just they're just OK. Yeah, right. So the ones that can, can pull hearts, yeah, those are, those the, are the ones. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So how does the uh, the job at, at uh, on Glow? How did that uh, come about? You know, that's that's kind of funny. I because so, you must have known the real Glow girls. Yes, my my uncle, my uncle Mondo, was actually the original trainer of the original Glow, Glow girls. And the, the one thing that's true about the show, even though it's a it's it is almost all fiction, but based on the original Glow idea, right. Was that it really was conceived as a television show, right? Absolutely. To sort of uh, make some money off of the wrestling craze. Right, right. No, yeah, nobody had ever... Girl, women were in wrestling, but, you know, very like a special attraction, yeah. basically. There was never a woman's league. Like a second stage thing? Like, now we're going to have the ladies come out? Yeah, yeah. Of? Okay, now, okay. And then a midget would come out or right, a small yeah. person. We call them midgets on, yeah. <laughs> on wrestling because that's just the way it is. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, or, or, you know, the guy would wrestle a bear, a yeah. special attraction. So the yeah. women would come out of special attractions. Um, for the most part, then this guy put together the, the, you know, glow, this women's league, and it was just all women. And from all different, like the show is sort of like uh, honest in that they came from a lot of different types of lives. Yeah, they were dancers and actresses yeah, and models. Yeah. And yeah. They, you know, same, yeah. same on our show. So basically, I had heard that they were, that, Genji Cohen, the executive producer, was was creating this show, and so I, I was like, "Oh man, I gotta get, I just gotta get in the room with her." Yeah. So I I, I made a couple calls, and she was at uh, I think she was at William and Morris. So I pulled some strings, and you know, nothing happened. Yeah, <laughs> nothing happened. And so no no connection. I was like, yeah. "Okay, whatever." So then I ended up going on vacation with my family to uh, Lake Powell, and we got the boat out. We're yeah. hanging out, and I get a call from. This girl named Shauna Duggins, uh-huh. who is, happens to be the uh, stunt coordinator on the show called Glow. Right. And she's like, she guy was referred to you by this other lady wrestler that I talked to named Eve Torres. And and I worked with her on Supergirl. And, um, you know, and I'm like, you got to be kidding me. Yeah. Get the hell out of here. I, go, I was trying to get in touch with everybody and, and they ended up contacting me. Right. So Shauna being awesome as she is, she... Was a stunt coordinator, but realized that she didn't know wrestling. That she needed somebody who actually was going to do the wrestling part. Yeah, they asked me to come in. They interviewed me. I had an interview at at you know Genji's uh, um, uh, offices. Compound, yeah, yeah, office yeah, yeah, down yeah. In Koreatown. Yeah, exactly. With Carly and Liz, the creators. Carly, Liz. I mean, I was there was fifteen, twenty people in the room. Yeah. So we were in there, and then I was one of the last ones they interviewed, and um, it helped that one of the writers named uh, Christopher Diaz wrote plays and he actually wrote a play called the um the legend of chad deity or something like yeah, that yeah. and it was based on me kind of yeah it was based on this wrestler that was that was really good he was so good at making other people look good that he was so good that nobody could make him look good so he's stuck in this role of making everybody look good all the time yeah so he kind of wrote it about me yeah so we went and saw this play so he was a writer there so i'm having this this 
interview with Liz and Carly and stuff, and I see this guy sitting there, and they're like, oh, somebody wants to say hi. And he's like, hey, man, I wrote that play. I was like, oh, yeah, we met, right? And he's like, yeah. So I, it, he's like, man, you were great. And he yeah. put me over. Yeah. So that was like, oh, that, that helped. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, I accepted him at 20 bucks afterwards. But yeah. Who else are they going to get, though, on some level? I, I mean, who the hell were those other people? I don't know. You're man. the guy. I guess, man. I don't know. <laughs> I'm trying so, to be. You know. So they hired you. They hired me, yeah. And, I and came you're in. like, here's 14 girls that don't know anything about wrestling except for Kia. Basically. You know, basically it was. There's 14 girls that don't know anything about wrestling. And then there's these writers and producers that don't know anything about wrestling. There's these set designers that don't know anything about wrestling. <laughs> there's all this stuff. And I'm like, oh, shit. So my, my job broadened very fast. Yeah, you, I mean, yeah. I was having meetings with the writers and actually they were running scripts by me and terminology by me. I was ordering the rings. Yeah. You know, I'm like, oh, we can't use that ring. Well, why not? Uh, that's a boxing ring. It's totally different. Oh, yeah. we didn't know. I mean, set design. Where should we put the ring? I mean, wardrobe. It was crazy. It so was what's everything. your credit now? Producer? Not yet. <laughs> Hopefully next season. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. So, sounds like it should be. We'll see. Yeah. I, I gave him one for free. So oh, we'll good. see. Yes. You know what? I, I didn't even know either. You know, I just came in and really just so came, came in to train these girls and, and, you know, put some choreographing together and then Shauna took me under her wing and then I was able to see what a stunt coordinator does. Yeah. And I was, you know, behind the but camera. But you also had to make it legit. Yeah, for sure. And right. how to make sure these girls didn't get hurt. And right. But the ring, I remember the when the ring broke that day. Yeah. Holy shit. Yeah, we had re-ran to that. and made, One of the rings posts broke. So what happened is that when we ordered two rings, um, the actual hero ring, we call it the ring, the set, the set ring. Yeah. Um, they wanted it lower for camera wise. So instead of making new posts and making a new ring, they actually cut the posts right, they down. Welded them, they right. welded them down. Well, I guess they did it twice. Mm. They said, oh, it's still not low enough. Do it, do it again. So when they welded it, they didn't weld it correctly, and the joint hit, broke. Yeah, they hit, hit the hit. hit that, what hard. was that guy's name? That, John 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 Morrison. John yeah. Mundo. His name's too in, in Lucha Underground. But he's one of my good friends, and yeah. he came in as one of the trainers on the show. As right, I did my character. scene with him. Yeah, yeah, and he ended up. You know, he's a pretty big guy, and he hit those ropes hard, and it busted. Oh, that yeah, was scary. That popped, sound. Right? Everybody yeah. freaked out. Everybody freaked out. One of the I think Jackie Ton, one of the uh, the actresses, starts crying. Oh She's yeah, crying. I'm like, oh shit. Yeah, but we got it straightened out, and you know, made the new ring. Yeah, for and sure. what was the cat who who worked with? you the hands-on dude oh um marty lice yeah yeah marty, marty yeah marty was is my head referee at lucha underground and i've worked with him at wwe and other places you two guys were like the pros you're like the 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 authenticators yeah for sure we try yeah. to be you know so what was the you know how did you start because i missed all that you know i came in and they'd already been training for a few weeks right so like you know when you have somebody like kia right who was a professional wrestler kia wrestled under the name uh awesome kong yeah who was all, was one of the best wrestlers in the world? Big, big stud of a girl, you yeah. know. And uh, she comes in, and I'd always known her at this awesome Kong, this killer. Yeah. Then she comes in, and she's so nice. And, Hi. <laughs> I'm like, who the hell is this? Right. So uh, I get all these girls that have ne never stepped foot in a wrestling ring. Don't a lot of them don't know what wrestling is. A lot of them have never taken, have never done a sport in their yeah, life. Right. You know, I mean, literally, I was I lined them up and said, "Have you all done any, done any sports?" Like, you know, I'm thinking soccer or basketball. Yeah, yeah. They're like, "Well, I did dance." The other, another one's like, "I I was in a Shakespeare play." I'm like, "Oh my god!" But what happened is that every one of these girls became that we we I was I really tried and and Shauna. Duggins and Helena Barrett, our other stunt girl, really, really tried to tap into their like their inner 
athlete, their 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 inner strength. Right. And every one of these girls stepped up and became so good. And they ended up falling in love with wrestling. Yeah. Doing flips and falls and and um, you know hitting the ropes and all different things. And um, funny story. Uh, about two weeks in, you know, we're I'm training them. I mean, we've already been training for two weeks. Yeah. And I, I said something like, okay, so just, you know, cover the person and, you know, then that's how you win. And they're like, what? And I go, wait a minute. Don't you know how to win? You know? And they're like, no. And I said, hold on a second. Everybody stop practice. Hold on. Stop, stop, stop. Do you all know the rules of wrestling? I just assumed they did. And they're like, uh, no. <laughs> and I'm like, why didn't you all tell me? They didn't know how to win. Like, you know, if you can get disqualification, disqualified yeah, yeah. or tap somebody out. Right. So, okay, I had to stop everybody and explain the wrestling rules. I just didn't, I <laughs> just, just so assumed. Hung up on the choreography and the move. Yeah, I assumed, you know, that that basically <laughs> they knew. And then then, then we got people like, like Allison, Allison Bree, who's one of our, our, our leads. And, she you know, didn't really know anything about wrestling, but became really, really good. Actually, yeah. it was really great. Um, she she protects wrestling now. Like somebody, she did an interview and somebody was like, well, you know, the wrestling's fake. She's like, oh, no, it's not. It's not all fake. Yeah. We, and she said they're protecting. I'm like, all right. Like, all right, girl, good, good. <laughs> so I, these girls actually became like wrestlers and fell in love with wrestling. I get yeah. texts from them still all the time saying, hey, you know, we really miss, we miss meeting in the ring. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's beautiful. That's cool. Because like, I think that if there's another season, there's going to be more wrestling. You think? <laughs> yeah, yeah, because sure. this, this the first season yeah. is all building up. Yeah. To to right. the that find that first match right, and a lot of the girls didn't get in right. You know, there there's only like there were really I think in the final five match, match four four or five matches something like that yeah yeah and and um it's uh it's going to be interesting to see you know to get them back in shape and then to get the, like get going again doing some more yeah, matches. Some of the Netflix guys asked me like you know how you know what. Where do we go from here? Have we, you know, did you teach them everything? I'm like, oh no, yeah. I, I taught them. I taught them this much. We, I got so much more of my bag of tricks. And well, I, I hope, like the, in the next season, that like you know that the matches become the sort of like a, 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 at least you know half the season that we moving right. towards these yeah, matches, sure. going out of town and stuff, mm -hmm. and you know dealing with you know the real kind, you know, seeing me evolve as a promoter or as a, as a manager, sure. and then you know dealing with promoters, yeah, in that Other kind promoters, of stuff. Yeah, maybe get you in the ring, <laughs> right? Yeah, that'd be awesome. Yeah, it's, uh, I, I have to. Yeah, but uh, but so so you feel that um, you know most of them really got you know, they became sort of bottom level wrestlers. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I remember I wasn't teaching them to have a, a match at WrestleMania. Mm -hmm. I was like, teaching them to, to on camera to look like they knew what they were doing in a scene. Right. But at the same time, I had to make sure they were safe right. in the ring. So I, I really did train them from the ground up. We learned how to roll. We learned how to fall. We we probably didn't even hit the ropes for the first two weeks. Really, yeah. You know, really. We learned the basics because if it's just like building a house. I always yeah. use this terminology. If you build this beautiful house, but you don't build a good foundation, well, that, yeah. that house is going to crumble. I don't care how good the, those right. core beams are. Right. It's the same thing with the wrestling. If you don't build that basis, that base, that, that foundation, yeah. which is protect, protecting yourself and protecting your opponent, yeah. then you're going to get hurt. Well, it's so amazing because, like you, you know, when when I talk to you now, that you, that if you weren't there, that the legitimacy of the thing might have been hurt. You know, in the sense that you know the fact was because I know Liz and Carly, and I know the idea, and it, it seemed like a good world, and they are right. playwrights, right? So, but you know, just the fact of you know the nuts and bolts. So Liz and Carly, literally. our other executive producers, were so awesome in the fact that 
they actually wanted to be true to the wrestling world and they didn't want to insult anybody you know they wanted to even though they didn't know totally about wrestling they didn't want to you know turn people off right so um you know i had a you know i've had different talks with them and they were really cool and letting me look at the scripts and kind of you know give my suggestions on what to change what terminology to change yeah which different ways okay like, hey, i'm like hey, you can't say that because you're gonna you're gonna turn off turn the wrestling community off because yeah. they're so loyal oh okay okay so how about what, we anything that this? made them look like they didn't know what they were talking about y- yes different terminology but like they'd say oh well you know and, and there was in in one of the the scenes they were talking about wrestling being fake i'm like ah, you just you, you can't say it like that you can say it's entertainment or say it's a work or something like this but if you say that wrestling fans are going to go like oh, you know, that, that, yeah, you know, yeah. we know we're not stupid yeah, we yeah, know yeah. But we we choose to believe you know yeah. so it's 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 it, you just want to turn anybody off right, like that fine you know? line and yeah something. so they were really cool in changing terminology and changing changing wording changing sentences so i i, I was really proud i mean my name's attached to it too so yeah i know it's not my project yeah but yeah if if the wrestling, but you're the th- wrestling. They're the guy. ones who are going to look at me. The right. wrestling world's going to look at me and say, you "Javo, you suck." <laughs> yes, you know, I'm like, I didn't write it. I'm not the boss, but yeah. it doesn't matter. They're going right. to point the finger at somebody. So you know, hopefully, I, I'm really proud of it, and I think they're going to be super proud of it too. So if hopefully they they are proud of it and they point the finger at me and they like, yeah, it. yeah, yeah. And uh, so, and I'm glad you got all this other stuff going on. Yeah, man, it's one of you know in Hollywood. You have to diversify a little bit. You know, you have to. You can't just be a, an actor. You can't just be a stunt right. guy. You can't just be a producer. You kind of got to do everything. And then also, it was this amazing learning process for you to work with Sean. And that stunt stuff was kind of amazing. Huge, it's huge learning because you process. had to show them a little bit too, right? Yeah. Well, well, when was, they had to do the stand-in stuff and didn't take the hit. Yeah, for sure. Well, these girls were they're stunt girls, so they it translates for sure. They. They knew a lot of what they were doing. They just didn't know they knew. So, I mean, falls right, sure. and stuff like that. It was just but, a form. Yeah. And they're gymnasts, too. So, yeah. they were able, I was able to teach them certain moves right. and certain things. And they, they were great. They picked it up. It's awesome. like the whole thing, the whole coming together of the team and when I'd see all you guys working on it or right. see the matches and even the stunts. Like, I found it very emotional because it's so, it's like, you know, it's real shit. Yeah. And we were, pulling, we were pulling for the girls and we were like, we're watching like basically as their coaches. Like, like when they hit the move and hit yeah. the scene, right? We're like, yeah, we high five each other. And like right. yes, that was great, yeah. awesome, you know. Yeah. And at the same time, we're watch. I'm watching, you know, on camera, and seeing the scene. If it see if it translated good in the scene, see if you know that. Okay, the camera caught that. But at the same time, I'm hurt, hoping these girls aren't breaking their necks. Like, yeah. oh my, oh my <laughs> yeah, god, okay. oh they're okay, okay, yeah, they're shit. You don't want Allison to hurt herself. Yeah, yeah exactly. You or know, Betty or any of them. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Me and, too. And hopefully, we can go back and do more. And it was a, certainly an honor, uh, you know, working with you and talking to you. No, thanks for having me. Chavo Guerrero, the real deal from a family of real deals. Kind of heavy story, but also a, 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 an amazing story about the process and about, you know, wrestle, what it takes. You know, it's really cool is um, I did a radio show. I did uh, Jim Norton, Jim and Sam's show in uh, New York, and I did it with Allison Bree. And Sam, who's a huge wrestling fan, was doing the the interviewing of uh, of Allison, and he loves the show. He loves um, 
He loves Glow, but he's a huge wrestling fan. So that's a good sign. But one of the indicators, one of the amazing things Chavo was able to do, and it dawned on me when I did uh, when when Sam was talking, was that he was watching the moves that the women were doing, and they would launch into a move, and he would watch that move, and if they added on something that had been added on post nineteen eighty six. If it was a move that didn't exist in the time that the show was set in, he was going to just abandon the whole series. It was that specific. He was like, I watched a move. I thought you were going to go into this other one, and, and, I was, and you didn't. And thank God, because I would have had to stop watching the show. That's hardcore wrestling fan right there. And w- we wouldn't have known that. And if it weren't for Chavo being on top of the credibility of the time period and the credibility of the process of wrestling, we would have lost Sam. And probably a few other wrestling fans, but we did not. Kia Stevens is my next guest. And uh, this is a pretty insane story. It's a great story. And she was great uh, on the show. And she's an amazing professional wrestler as well. But it sort of goes to a different place at the end. That, you know, there's a roundabout arc to her career and and what she was thinking. And uh, I was glad that we made time to do this. This is me talking to, uh, to Kia Stevens or, as you know, her... Uh, through her persona's awesome Kong uh, or Karma, but this is a, I, I know her as Kia, so I went ahead and talked to Kia. You met Hollywood from The Real Glow. Yes. And you knew her from The Real Glow. Like you watched well, The Real Glow. I watched her from The Real Glow. When, when and you obsessed were, about her. Really? When you her, were, yeah. When you were a kid? Hollywood and Vine. Yeah. Because they were so, yeah. <laughs> when did you do you watch it? When how old were you when you first saw it? I was about eight and a half, nine. Where we where'd you grow up? In Carson, California. Where the hell is that? That's next to Compton and Long Beach. Oh, okay. And that's uh that was the that was the childhood. You were there watching oh, yeah. Glow. Watching Glow. Yeah. And asked Santa Claus to make me a glow girl. Did you really? Yep. I asked Santa Claus I asked for to make me a glow girl and I asked for um a Barbies and a rocker van. Uh huh. And I got the van. And now you're a glow girl. And now I'm a glow girl. <laughs> but it's funny because he, it, like, the show got canceled like really soon after that Christmas. Yeah. And I was like, there is some Santa Claus. Mm. He is not real. Uh, Go screw yourself. And but the magic is real. I I can confirm that the magic is real. So do you you remember wanting to be a wrestler at that age? Yeah. Eight or nine. Yeah. How many kids were in your family? Three. So it was you and what, two, what? Older sister, younger brother. And my younger brother would torture me because he watched all kinds of wrestling. He's, yeah. the, he's the original wrestling fan in the family. Okay. Three years younger, but he was the baby. Yeah. So it was like, you know, my mom was like, don't touch my baby. Uh-huh. So he got to torture us, but we could never reciprocate. Couldn't beat him up. No, could no. not beat up her her lone <laughs> son heir. We couldn't beat up the little prince. Yeah. And he would practice moves on me. Um he would always every Saturday he would put me in the camel clutch uh-huh. and he would you know he's younger so he'd wear like dirty underoos where the <laughs> Superman was like black but he didn't they didn't sell him yeah. black you know yeah. <laughs> like, yeah this is gross and I have to wait till my mom came in and be like ah let the girl go yeah so so it was in your house like this kid is he still a wrestling fan yeah 
Yeah. Somewhat. Not not as right. much as I am, but yeah, yeah. He, he he knows his wrestling history and whatnot. Well the weird thing was is like I don't like I you know, I certainly respect and appreciate wrestling, but having not grown up with it or being a fan of it, when I go to look at like your Wikipedia page or something, mm-hmm. I'm like, who the fuck wrote this? <laughs> Some fan like I don't know who is it? I haven't read it lately. No, but it's just the rabbit hole of it. Like this guy's talking about things like deep wrestling, like all these different, you know. Uh, associations, federations, where you were, matches you did. Like, mm. it had to be either somebody that works for you or, like, a real fan. Real fans. There are people that come up to me and tell and know more about me than I do. And they'll right. be like, you know, March of 2005, that match with I'm like, yep, yeah. yes. <laughs> I so remember that. <laughs> I mean, because I, I was reading it and I'm like, oh, my God. I don't know if I can go this deep in this stuff. <laughs> Like, it was intimidating, but I guess like anything else, there are people that are just obsessed with it. Yes. And yes. they and you're like one of their heroes. I am. I'm actually one of them. Yeah. I was so obsessed, I became a wrestler. Well, how, how, how obsessed were you when you were a kid? Did you go to matches? No, because they didn't travel much to on the West Side. You know, we would go to like closed circuit television, yeah. um, you know, uh, viewings. Yeah. But not so much live live tapings. Uh, however, um, still I obsessed over it. And then I took a little break, you know, my teen years. I yeah. got into other things yeah. like, you know, New Kids on the Block and whatnot. <laughs> right, right. The, the, the regular pop culture. <laughs> you know, the regular yeah. pop culture. And then when um, the Attitude Era came around. Was- Will I explain that to me? The Attitude Era with the like Stone Cold Steve Austin yeah. and uh, The Rock and Triple H when that when that popped up real big and the Monday Night Wars between WWE um, and uh, WCW yeah then I got reimmersed in wrestling and I was like yeah as a grown up kind of as a grown up what does Attitude Era stand for why do they call it that because um, like back then it was like. They would cut promos and not give a fuck. Right. Just like really raw yeah. promos and go out there and it was like not as campy. So so that that's what got you like back in it. Like, yes. Because it was so raw. It was so raw. Who was your so who were your favorite guys? Um Stone Coast Steve Austin, yeah. uh Mick Foley and The Rock. Like I've, I at the time I was a social worker and in my office it was just in sync. The Rock and Harry Potter. That was like <laughs> my obsession. <laughs> so how, you were a social worker. Did you? So you studied social work in college, and you became a social worker. Yes. Really? Yeah. That, I, I didn't finish my degree. Right. But like all you had to be was like six months away. Yeah. And, and like I was work. like six months away for like two years. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I stretched that out like yeah. really long. Right. No reason to rush. <laughs> right. Yeah. If I'm you're doing working. a good job here. <laughs> so what, what, like what is a, what I'm, I'm fascinated with social work because I, I don't talk to many people and I don't know what happens there. What, what, how do you work for the city then or how does it work? Well, I worked for a group home called St. Anne's okay. in, in Los Angeles. Yeah. And I started off as like a social work counselor and right. then I actually moved to their, I became their activities director because I love to do fun stuff. Yeah. And so from there I kind of went sideways and got into the more really social aspect of it to because I, I worked with pregnant and parenting teenagers yeah and um you know they needed a break every now and then right. so i'd find activities for them to 
get away. Get away from the kid? Yeah, get away from the kid or how to bond with their kid on an activity for oh, a yeah. very low budget. You uh-huh. know, so when they graduated out of St. Anne's, they knew how to do that. Right. So that so you were actually at St. Anne's doing that? Like you you that was where your office was? Yeah. Wow. How long did you do that for? I did that for about three years. Was it rewarding? It was very rewarding. Yeah. Yeah. I loved it to see the kids grow up and to see them uh, learn life skills. Yeah, yeah. And they would come back and say hello once they left St. Anne's and they're doing really well. Uh, And now some of them on Facebook, they find me and they're doing really well. uh, Shout out to Teresa Alvarado. uh Yeah. That's great. And what, and but but wrestling was too too much of a draw for you. you yes, <laughs> I mean because you know working in a group home, yeah. these girls lived there, right? And there were times we had to separate fights, and chairs are flying, and I'm like, shit! Yeah. If I'm gonna get hit by a chair, I wanted to be you know in front of for- thirty thousand people. <laughs> <laughs> what now? When it's a group home, and they're there because they they've been put there by the state, or they had drug problems, or what? How does that work with a group home? Um. Sometimes both. Yeah. You know, um, maybe they were in a regular group home. They got pregnant. So, you know, we took them in. Maybe their parents are like really, really old school instead of the convent. We got them. Right. Because we we were like a Catholic uh, related organization. Yeah. We had sisters. We had nuns running around the place and stuff. Yeah. And uh, shout out to Sister Anthony Claire. Yeah. So we got all types and it was so odd because we got a 10 year old once pregnant and it was just like what and her baby daddy was like 40 something really oh it was just like you know did he go to jail that guy no no and it was so hard to keep them you know because they would have to sign out to go on leave and then sometimes he'd like be around the corner to pick her up and it would just like enrage you like just like you what the fuck so and so a 10 year old 10 and she like she just turned 11 like two weeks after she got to us but when she we got her she was 10 years old was she able to have the baby yes oh my god she's very grown for her age but she shouldn't have been she was 10 years old you know but she had been grown up in the system you know so it it's amazing how grown up you have to be when you grow up in the system well i just don't understand why a guy like that doesn't get busted um, they worked on it. Yeah. Yeah. And they, it didn't happen. I was gone by the time oh. I didn't see that. Resolve. So we don't know. You, we you don't know. You don't know how that battle ended. No. So you were there for like three years. What made wrestling like a practical thing in your head? Like how did that, how did you realize, how did you decide like, I, I can just do this. There's a path. It was like a joke that went really, really far. Yeah. Like it just <laughs> kept going and then it turned into a career. I thought because once I left St. Anne's yeah. I actually um, went over to an organization called LA Shanti and headed up their youth program and then I had my own business because I went on Wheel of Fortune won like 10 grand and I was like okay wait you went on Wheel of Fortune I went on Wheel of Fortune <laughs> Do you have Do you have video of that? Uh, I don't. I'm sure, like ABC or whomever it is. But uh, yeah, I went, was second generation because my mom went on with a fortune too. She did. Yeah, she. So went you're on like a legacy. You yeah, can... I'm a Wheel of Fortune legacy. So they let you in. It's like, oh yeah, her mom yeah, was on. Yeah, come on in. We love did legacies you, around here. Did you tell uh, Pat that? I did. <laughs> I did. And Vanna, they uh-huh. were they were great. Uh-huh. I didn't get to the last round, but I got enough money to be very happy, and I. 
um, bought a vending business, and then so I was doing very well at a very young age. That's interesting. I know another guy did that vending business. Him and his brother did it in like uh, I think in Philly or somewhere. You just what? You bought a bunch of machines. Yep. And how how does that work? You just go around and say, "Can I put a machine here?" Well, um, you can find a, a company that will contract find a contract for you, uh-huh. and then they'll p- supply you with the machine and the contract with like, yeah. you know a business a business park office or somewhere, yeah. and you just go in every so often and fill up the machines and collect your money. And and you were doing good with that. Yeah, I was doing, you know, yeah. you know. I think <laughs> if I'd stuck around with it and bought more machines, I would have done really well. But I had like. Three machines and I liked it. Yeah, yeah. You had three machines. I had three machines and they, they pulled mm-hmm. off about two hundred dollars each a week, which was fair. And then I had the heading up um, L.A. Shanti, so I was doing very. What's L.A. Shanti exactly? L.A. Shanti was um, an organization, a nonprofit for like AIDS awareness, right? And I headed up their Star program, which was somebody's talking about HIV risk, and it was a youth program. We would go around to the schools and talk about. HIV risk. And wow! So you really, you really were out there helping the people. Yes, I'm all about community. Yeah, you know, my house burned down twice when I was a kid, and we got a lot of help to rebuild. And I learned from that. How does your house burn down twice? I know, right? <laughs> 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 um, <laughs> the first time was an electrical fire. Yeah. Um, my little brother burnt some toast. They turned on the fan, and the fire started in the wall. Oh, that, and that's horrible because you don't see it. You don't see it. It happened in my house when I was a kid. The whole ha- house was asleep. We had just returned from Nosbury Farm real late the night before, and all I knew was I was asleep one minute, and then I was sitting on the curb the next. Yeah. That's all I knew, and the house was on fire. Oh, my God. The next time, my um, my play, my, my god brother yeah. um, was in my room, of course, yeah. and was taking a nap, but he decided to light my pom-poms on fire. And if you remember pom-poms back in the day, they were very flammable. So you light it, I mean, it just went up, and it burnt only my room yeah <laughs> and all my cabbage patch kids dolls and, and my barbies in the rockers van went up in smoke and then the rest of the house got really bad smoke damage oh. but um by god's grace no one died good either time either time so okay so how does the joke of wrestling start <laughs> my brother-in-law was watching mtv and yeah. there was a show called uh tough enough yeah and I was like, you know, if you want to be a WWE wrestler, you can come and try out and live in the house like the real world, basically. And yeah. then at the end, whoever's left standing gets like a WWE contract. And, you know, this is back when computers and the internet's kind of new. Yeah. And he's like, can you get me the application? And he said it's online. I don't know what that means. And I'm like, okay, yeah. I download it. And I download one for myself, too. And I fill it out for shits and giggles. And I yeah. send it in. And I get a call saying, hey, come out to Vegas. We have this like big audition and I go out there and I stand in this line with thousands of other people and I get in the ring and they're like, yeah, no, you're too overweight to ever be successful in wrestling. And I was like, what? I did not drive my Kia. Yes, my name is Kia and I drive a Kia. I did not drive my Kia through those mountains for you to tell me that. I wouldn't get out the ring. I was like, no, you. somebody else is asking me some other questions because me and my mom and my best friend, no. Some of my last little check, no. Somebody's asking me some more questions. And they did, but still they were like, shoo, shoo. Oh, really? Yeah. So then you, so that gave you this, uh, you wanted revenge. I Well, I just wanted to say, no, you don't dismiss me like that. So fire got 
put it under my butt and uh, another friend of mine said hey there's a show you know if, if the weight's the problem there's a show um, on Discovery Channel called Body Challenge yeah and so it was like kind of like uh, The Biggest Loser but right. way before The Biggest Loser yeah, came yeah. about and so um, I was actually too big for them too they were like you know what you're bigger than what we wanted to work with but yeah. you are so fun and bubbly we want you know yeah. we're going to take you on <laughs> And uh, right, I'm just like, kind of too an big ins- for the world. It, it, an insult, <laughs> yeah. but, but right? a compliment. But kind a compliment. Of. <laughs> yeah. And um, so they found, they knew what I wanted to be a wrestler, and yeah. they found a wrestling school out in San Bernardino, School of Hard Knocks. Yeah. And I started training there, and they set up a, a wrestling match for me. Is that a famous place? School of Hard Knocks? Yeah. Uh, in the wrestling industry, uh, yeah, very respectable school, head by Jesse Hernandez. Uh, be- before I, I go on, though, it's like, I like that, you know, your your avenue was always, like, through being a contestant. <laughs> right? I, I, I had to crawl my way and scratch and crawl that's a, my way okay, you get Win 10 grand and wheel fortune, <laughs> and I'm going to be a contestant on this MTV thing. <laughs> you put that together, yes. <laughs> then, then I got, there's the other angle. Right. There's a weight loss there's show. You can win a trip to Hawaii. I'm going. <laughs> I love it. But but this was a school. Okay, so it's a respectable school. The guy's a, a real wrestler. Is it affiliated with a league as well? Like, do you do they do matches? How cause they I, do do matches? Empire Wrestling Federation (EWF) is yeah. their affiliate wrestling federation. They do all kinds of matches all over Southern California. So when you get there, what's day. the reaction? Um, a little skeptical because you know I'm I'm brand new to wrestling, yeah. and when you come into wrestling, and you're a contestant, and I'm like this contestant on the show, and I got cameras with me, and they're like, oh, uh, here's here we- this bitch with the big head, <laughs> she's got cameras, she's yeah. you know snooty right. and snotty, but um, I don't think at the beginning I don't think they thought I was taking it seriously, yeah. like I was going to be this fly by night person, right? That and once the cameras is gone, I wasn't going to be interested in wrestling anymore. And they probably thought like, well, this will get promotion for the school, too. yeah. So yeah. why it. not do yeah. it, you know? Yeah, and it and it did, and you know, and they still put on the company's doing great to this day, uh, EWF, and so you stayed there and trained though. You didn't, yes. you, you shot with the show, yes. And did, how long did that go on for that show? Did 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 anything come out of that? Did you lose the weight you wanted to? Or? I did lose the weight that I wanted to. I got very fit. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they they had set up a surprise meeting with China. May she rest in peace at the time. And she was going back and forth to Japan. And so I went over to the New Japan Dojo at, um, to meet her. Uh, Where's that? That was in West. That was like in Santa Monica, West Los Angeles. Wait, now what is Okay, so wait. Let's let's back up a minute. So you train for a while. You learn how to wrestle. Yeah, about two months. Only two months. Mm-hmm. I mean, what do you learn there? You learn basic moves, and you what do you learn? I basically knew how to run the ropes. Yeah. Throw a clothesline, and of course, our foundation of taking bumps, falling, and whatnot. right, right, sure, okay. So you knew that stuff. I knew that. So China, you you met her or I met her. Yeah. They like they had like you know for the a segment of the show. Oh right, it meet was your like hero. meet your hero, uh-huh. you know. Yeah, and uh, it was so funny because at the time I was a real big Lita fan, and they kept trying to make me say that China was my number one. And you were- and I was like. No, but I'm a really big Lita fan. I'm a, I like China, but I'm a really big Lita fan. They're like, but if you could just say. Yeah. Yeah, so so when you meet her, it seems like it means more. Right, it means more. But it did. I, I, would, I popped sure. huge. I love her to death. And um, since she was doing that back and forth, there was a woman's promotion, All Japan Women. And, and All Japan Women in Japan was huge yeah. in the 80s yeah. and early 90s. I mean, 
just a magnet to, for wrestling fans for wrestling like and, 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 and just general, to work as well general pop culture like it was it's like a japanese national treasure oh okay of women. And, they, and they had an office in la no okay. he came out just okay. to find some talent for uh, okay. a big show that uh, they had okay. right and um a, me and another friend of mine shelly we tried out and she had years and years of experience yeah and i just went just to Figure out how, you know, right. what, what you'd want to try out. Chose me, and I think mainly he chose me because I didn't have experience, and they could train me and mold me the way they wanted to, and not right. have to strip down any bad habits I had developed Right, in wrestling. but they saw the skill. They th- they saw that you could be a character, that yes. you could do the thing. Yes. I mean, because I grew up in high school, I was a cheerleader, so I knew how to base yeah. Very well, and that's very important. Base, what, is that, what does that mean? Like, if, you, if you're going to throw somebody or have yeah. to hold them up in the air, I know how to hold somebody up in the air and I drop them on their head. <laughs> you get that from cheerleading, you know? Because yeah. wrestling is like a big dance, a big, like, slam dance, yeah, you know? Yeah, yeah, So I knew how to do that, and they could see that foundation, and right. they, they chose to bring me on and work with me. And, and you go to Japan? I go to Japan, and my job let me go for a week, at the uh, at the uh, at L.A. Shanti. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So you go like they choose you. You go to L.A. for a week, and what do you? Or you go to Japan for a week. What do you do? Um, it's weird. It must be amazing to it, go to Japan the first it time. It was. I want to go to Japan. I've it never was. been to Japan. Very nerd. They gave me some tapes of Japanese women's wrestling, and it was wild. Um, How is it different? It's just so like in 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 America you can go like twelve minutes and in the first three four minutes you're talking and jibber jabbering. Yeah. In Japan, you ring that bell, <laughs> you <laughs> you're fighting. You're fighting. <laughs> and, I mean, for a good twenty thirty minutes you are going at it. Yeah. Hardly, um, you know, in America will hit each other and we'll sell it a lot. Yeah. In Japan, they'll hit each other and get right back up and start just clawing at each other. So, so it's really about the, the fight. Yes. I mean, it's vicious. Not about the show necessarily. Yeah, no, it's about this, you know, they report kayfabe, um, which is like how we separate uh, the magic from the viewers, Yeah, um, is alive and well in Japan. Like they yeah. report on wrestling in Japan like it's a sport, like right next to baseball and basketball. Uh-huh. They report on wrestling that way. So. Uh huh. So, so it's integrated into the culture, and nobody sits around going like, "No, no, yeah. not real." Yeah, they kind of, you know, they kind of ignore the right, right, the, the script, <laughs> the of script it. of it. Yeah. So, are the are the characters as defined there as they are in the states? Like, I mean, do, do like the like the people their their personas are they as you know dramatic and well defined? Some are. Yeah. Some are, but most are filled with the fighting spirit. Oh yeah. Yeah, just all about the fire. Can, yeah. can you get back up after being slammed down by a person of my size? Right. You know, where's that fire? Right. And that that's what it's driving that's what's driving it, not, you know, not uh ridiculous persona. Not ridiculous, not no, not driving it. But, you know, you have a few which yeah. makes it still fun, you know. So when you get there, you've got a, a limited amount of experience and so what transpires and what may ultimately makes you decide to to do it for life? Um, let me see. It's weird because my my first wrestling name was Vixen. That was from here. That was from here, and I wore black leather because I just got fit and yeah. I had big boobs and a big butt and a small yeah. waist, and yeah, yeah. So I go to Japan, and they want to name me Amazing Kong. 
And I didn't know how to feel about that. <laughs> I was like, just in what in, nature, in what it implied <laughs> yes, in so American like, culture. Yes, yeah. it's like I don't know if y'all know <laughs> what that might mean in America. <laughs> but so I had to. Be- Actually, this this happened before I even went because yeah. I, I went to the, the dojo, the New, New Japan dojo in L.A. And one of the wrestlers, Shinsuke Nakamura, who's a WWE uh, wrestler now, was like, oh. Amazing Kong. And he points at me and calls me Kong. And I'm like, what the fuck did you just call me? Right. What is this? <laughs> what kind of racist country am I going to? And then he had showed me a, a magazine um, article saying, no, they, they named you Amazing Kong. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> without okay. You, without you really getting into it? Yeah, without even asking me or anything. Well, what is the, uh, the, the, the history of the name? Was there, what, is it, what does it mean in Japan? Well, you know, it, demo- it denotes strength more yeah. than, you know, a racial slur. Right. And there's a wrestler named Aja Kong who is yeah. extremely famous in Japan. And just, but at the time, I didn't really know about Aja's background. Yeah. And Aja, I didn't really... I hadn't been immersed in Japanese women's wrestling. Right. But I went home and I thought about it. And it's so funny, an NWA song came on. Yeah. And I was like, well, if NWA can be niggas with attitude yeah. and own it, yeah. you know? Right. I could be awesome or Amazing Kong and own it and make that name mean something. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And, and so when people hear Amazing Kong, they fear and they respect that name. <laughs> yeah. To this day. Yeah. Right, right, right. There's no implication. There's no implication. Yeah. And then I get to do, if I get to a place, you know, if I'm famous enough, I get to a place where I get to help somebody else, then that endearment was worth it. Right. You and know? you did it. You, 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 you pulled it off. Yes. Yeah. So now, are your folks supportive of this whole adventure of you entering and becoming a professional wrestler? Uh, yes. Well, they're, supportive of everything I do but it's always like Kia's on an adventure yeah I was like okay okay so now she's gonna be a wrestler y'all yeah right. <laughs> <laughs> she went on level four now she's gonna be a wrestler what, what else are you gonna do you know you're gonna jump out of planes next Kia cause you're always into something right, <laughs> right. but this one's stuck I <laughs> this guess this one's stuck so once you get identified as Awesome Kong and you accept it you move to Japan Yes, because the um, L.A. Shanti wouldn't let me go a second time. And I had no, this was just for a, one show, and I had no, like, real security. I had some savings, yeah. but, like, four, six months worth of savings. Vending machines are gone? Vending machines. I sold my vending machines, yeah. and I just sold everything. But I took a chance. I said, this is what I want to do. When I have kids, I want to tell them I did something wild and crazy when I was younger, because yeah. if, if I'm... A social worker now or in this business now i can always come back to it sure so why not take a chance and spend i was gonna my plan was to devote five years and immerse myself in everything wrestling and see what happens a- after that and yeah and it worked and you went to japan i went to japan and, and you became a, a huge wrestling star yes awesome kong uh, amazing kong amazing there. kong amazing kong there awesome kong here uh, but kong stuck kong stuck <laughs> <laughs> Couldn't shake the cock. <laughs> now I have to assume that you're uh, an anomaly. You're like different, yes, you know, in Japan. I yes, mean, like it must have been sort of historical on some level. Yeah, uh, semi. You know, yeah. Aja was half black, yeah, and and half Japanese. 
but I mean, I'm a darker shade of black. Yeah. So, I mean, I came out as a heel heel. Yeah. And it's it, it, it's so funny because I worked with the sweetest people who just cared for me totally out there. Yeah. But they would do the most, they would request the most stereotypical stuff of me. And I'm like, I don't think y'all understand. <laughs> That's not what all black people are about. Like That's, like what we did on Glow? Uh, almost beyond. Um, like, you know, they were like, can you dance? You go in the ring and you dance. And I'm like, Shh. <laughs> so you're there for how many years? Um, Six. Wow. Six years. And I, and I thought I'd only stay for two. I was like, I'll stay for two and then I'm going to. And you're like a champion. You're like the. Yes. Yeah. And you're doing both heel and face? Heel and face and tweener, you know, it was just, you know. Tweeners, what, what is that? Like in between. Oh, really? Like, you know, depending on who you face, oh, you know, if right. you're facing a certain kind of face yeah, uh, or a certain kind of heel, maybe right. you're in between just because of the size difference. And it was like, uh, you know, almost case by case. But if you're facing the favorite face, yeah. then you are seriously the heel. Yeah. So I was a tweener. And how did, how did the structure of the shows like evolve? Was there a staff of writers? How did they do it there? Um, there was mostly a staff of bookers. Yeah. Like, they didn't really write much. There was no script. No, okay. They would just, you know, have the lineup, and then maybe at the end of the show, somebody would cut a promo that would, you know, entice people to come to the next show. Okay. You know, like, next, you know, next show, I'm going to challenge you for the belt, but not as intricate as in America with all the storylines we have in America. Not as intricate somewhat but not really so i guess that goes back again to that the 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 reality was it was about fighting more than character yeah so you know like you're not you're not necessarily following the line of like a character through the years no or like right i mean but you have a character yeah like right. mine was just beastly yeah but <laughs> which is why, which is why I got really good with telling expressions on my face because the first six months a year I didn't really speak that great of Japanese right so I just had to tell the story with my face you well they know? have a history of that too don't they like Kabuki theater and whatnot yes. like you know yeah they're they yeah so you learn Japanese ah yeah a little bit. yeah yes. you can do it yes yeah they, like enough. my friends say I have. A speaking capacity of like a first grader. <laughs> I'm like, I've had conversations with some sassy first graders, so <laughs> it's yeah, <good>. okay, yeah. <laughs> I'll take it. So, what makes you decide to come back? It was time, like something, yeah, something just said, get up and go, right. and I, and there was no reason for it. I was doing well, right, uh, but it was like, you know what, no, get up and go, Kia, and I'm glad I did because barely months after I returned, my mom got sick uh. of cancer and, and I took care of her and barely seven months later she died. So I feel very blessed. That you just like... That I wrapped everything yeah, up yeah, and yeah. came back on time because... You could be there for her? I could be there for her. Oh, that's And sad. then I moved on to TNA kind of right away. Which it's, is? Uh, total nonstop action, yeah. wrestling impact. And that's, that's, and that's a league. That's a league. Yeah. That's like the second biggest league in America okay. right now. Uh, next to WWE. Next to WWE. Okay. You know, and that opened a lot of, that door opened and I went right on in and they started a really wonderful women's program there and just really elevated my profile in America. And, but they changed you to amazing, Awesome Kong? Awesome Kong. Yeah. yeah. You know, they wanted to own it. 
Right. Yeah. That's the only reason? Like that amazing, was the only reason. Amazing was fine, but they're was, like, they're fuck like, that. Let's, don't you like awesome? <laughs> you know, amazing's great, but you're awesome. <laughs> While they're like doing the trademark in the back. Sure. <laughs> so you don't own your name? No, I do not. And the reason for that is what? Like, why do they own the names? Because it's their company and they... They the, the, came like, up so, with that, it. so they can use it for video games yes. and dolls or whatever the hell yes. else. Yes, Anything. and they can control you. Right. And if you leave, yeah. oh, you leave with just. Yeah, with your you, old name. With, with your, your old original name. name. Yep, with your original name. Kia. Good luck with it. Yeah. Who knows ya? Nobody. <laughs> so they, had, they didn't have a big women's program? No, not at all. It wasn't until um, me and about. Six other girls they yeah. hired at the exact same time. They started this really big women's program, and it and it gained traction. And like the women's program at that time was like the the largest rated segments on the show. Oh wow! And it just garnered a lot of respect from the fans, and just got bigger and bigger. And by this time, you've got moves. You're pro. You know yes. how to do it. I know how to do it. And you learned all that in Japan. Really. Learned it all in Japan. Did you have tricks that they didn't know? All the girls knew their stuff. Right. But then, you know, we all shared and traded secrets that we all picked up over the years. And oh, yeah? Stuff. Yeah, because, you know, like I said, in Japan, you hit hard. You go. And I mean, you go. Yeah. So I came in and like, bam. Yeah. And the girls go, hey, Kia, <laughs> so, you know, we can lighten that up a bit and make it look just as powerful without the actual impact. I'm like, oh, so you don't want me to actually punch you in the face okay i could do that so in japan you actually punch people in the face well you know yes people got no. hurt more. yeah it was a little bit more hard-hitting than it is in america no not a little a lot more hard-hitting than it is in america still still hmm and how long do you stay over there at tna um two years the first time a year the second time why 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 do you move around so much like i was noticing that looking at your history like there's a lot of matches there's a lot of moving around so like what happens i mean oh gosh i, I mean don't what ask me that. <laughs> uh, you don't have to answer anything um well you know in japan it was japan mm -hmm. made good money but it's not america right come to america it's tna Made okay money, yeah, but it's not WWE, right? So you're constantly looking to elevate yourself to get into the big league to get get into to where wrestling is gonna actually take care of you because you know you have a finite amount of years to do this, right? And then once you're done, you want to have a nest egg so you can enjoy life, and you'd like to be able retire. to walk, yes. <laughs> Uh, that too. Yeah, yeah. And you don't want to have all your organs fucked up and everything else. Yes, exactly. It's hard. It seems like it's difficult to take care of yourself. Yes, it's very difficult. Because it's brutal. It's extremely brutal. The falls are, are extremely brutal. So the chase is really to get to the WWE somehow. Somehow. That's where the money is. And like when you're doing something like uh, TNA, like is there a path? Do you know, like, you, you know, what? Because like just as a comic, I mean, you know, the big game is that you want to get on Letterman, you want to get a sitcom, or you know, you're going to do your your stand up, and you're going to keep writing and you can keep working, but you're waiting for a break. So how does that work once you're a pro wrestler and you've got some name recognition? What 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 do you have to go through? I mean, you know, how many after TNA you went where? After TNA, I went straight to WWE. Oh, you did? Yeah, after a few months of uh, my non compete clause, then I went there. 
Oh, so that so it happened for you. You didn't yes. have to go do weird, you know, sad matches in the middle of nowhere. And no, stuff. I had to do that too. Yeah, you know, the non-compete clause is, is that the independent circuit. Yes, the independent circuit. I had to do that because my non-compete clause says you just can't go from us to another big television show. So what what is that independent circuit like? Where how do you find fights in that? Mostly they find you. Yeah. You know, um, if you have... They hear you're out. Yeah. And they're like, oh, good. There's yeah. another one that's really good. We exactly. can use around but, uh, And you didn't know what you were walking into. You What is it? You never knew. <laughs> I mean, somebody, like, one time somebody tried to make up the difference in hot dogs. No. Oh. And I was like, no. Oh, man. So, but were it's they... not going to travel well. But, but they met, they always met basic requirements, like yes. a safe ring, you, some sort of venue. Uh... <laughs> Wish I would have requested that. No, um, basic requirements was usually um, an air ticket and a hotel and transportation to and from the venue. So you didn't know what the venue was or no. whether the ring was anything or no. whether there was a ring? Whether there was a ring or usually there was a ring, yeah. but whether it was safe or not, yeah. I don't know. Oh, you man. know, it was just like, take care of yourself. You know, sometimes be, the boards would be warped and you have like a TP in the middle of <laughs> And, do, and what are the and crowds were hit or miss, or usually they're good crowds. Usually, if they bring someone like me in that had uh, semi name, yeah, yeah. They, they would draw pretty well. Yeah, yeah. And it was funny because sometimes they would draw these independent shows would draw better than when TNA would go out on the road. And huh. I was like, <laughs> really? Yeah, I was like, what's up with that? Maybe ticket cost, or maybe I like, think promotion. And also, I, I bet you, like, there's a lot of wrestling fans that prefer independent. Like Probably, they think yes. they're like, like punk rock. Like, yes. you know, fuck TNA, fuck yeah. WWE. Yeah, I'm independence the, where it's happening. That's where, yeah, yeah it's raw. raw. <laughs> <laughs> so you did that for a while, and then you get your WWE break? Yes. And I was in Boston at the time, and I drive down there just thinking I was going to say, you know, hi, I'm Kia, hello. And they hired me that day, and it was like a dream. It was just like floating on the air. Yeah. Yes. I was just happy just to walk in the building and say, hey, yeah. I walked in the building over there. But they knew you. Yes. Like, you know, your reputation preceded you and your skill set preceded you. Yes. It wasn't like you were some greenhorn that just came in. They didn't know, who is this woman? No, they they knew me from TNA and, and the independent circuit because girls, I had never sent anything to WWE because I was waiting on my non-compete clause. But girls from the independent circuit that I faced, when they would send stuff in, they would send yeah. their best stuff in. Right. And their best stuff was in with you? was with me. <laughs> <laughs> so you, they did your work for you. Yes. <laughs> Thank you, girls. So so you get hired and it's like, it's a, that's it. It's a dream come true. It's a dream come true. And they're gonna, you're going to fight under Amazing Kong? No, we came up with a different name. Oh, because uh, TNA owned Amazing Kong. TNA owned Awesome Kong, so yeah, let's oh, come awesome up with Kong. some. Let's, you know, they they were like, if you had a magic wand, what would you want to be? Yeah, and I was like, you're giving me the wand. <laughs> what? <laughs> Boom! I want another Barbies and Arkham. Yeah. No, um, <laughs> your house is gonna have to burn down. For that. Right? Yeah. Um, I came up with the name Karma. I came up with a bunch of different. Karma's names. a good name. Thank you. Yes, um, because it can I, go either way. It could go either way. Right. Definitely. And I live my life through Karma. I, yeah. I sternly believe you get what you put out there in yeah. the universe. Right. And I, it was like. Eight names I submitted, and some of them were ridiculous because I was like, "It's wrestling, so they're gonna want like a," and I'm like, "Their first, oh, um, BBW girl, yeah. so maybe I should pick a name that the initials are like BBW. How about Barcissa Be Wicked? 
yes, yes, Marcissa, yes, this is genius. Oh, yes. Oh, whoa. And (laughs) picked up like some ridiculous What is BBW? Like a big, beautiful woman. Okay. That's what that stands for. I'm sorry. I'm I'm an old white man. BBW, big, beautiful (laughs) woman. That's what it, that's the uh, the abbreviation? Yeah. If you're texting or you put, yeah, uh, BBW, big, beautiful woman. Got it. And so I'm like their first big BBW DUS. So, you know, maybe they're going to want me to be like, ridiculous. But no, that's not what they wanted. Like, hey, no. What do you want? And um, I put Karma. Karma was the last name. It was like a throw-in. Yeah. It was like, oh, turning your list in like two minutes. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, karma. Yeah. And I'm going to spell it with an H because, you know, they like to trademark shit. So yeah. here. Yeah. And then and Vince picked Karma. Wow. Yeah. So when, how how long before you start fighting? Uh, About two months. Now, do you have to decide? Two, three months who later. Who decides outfits and stuff? Um, they wanted me to de- debut very big, and so you already had long hair, right? You said like I had braids, you have, like signature braids, yes, just signature wild braids, woman. yes, yeah. And um, so they wanted a new, a, not a new look, but kind of a you know, kind of similar, kind of recognizable, but different. Mm-hmm. And so they found a seamstress in New York, and we made this Kong, I mean, this Karma suit, yeah. And or gear, battle mm-hmm. gear, and um, I debut, and for about four weeks, it's just this massive debut. Uh, at first, they did like vignettes of me like breaking Barbie dolls, and people got excited, and they're like, "Yes!" And then I debut, and I'm like killing it, and then the stick turned blue. Oh shit! Yeah, really? Turn blue. Yeah, and I was like, "Fuck, what? <laughs> Wait, time out. What? And it was four weeks in. Four weeks in, man. And I was like, "What? No, uh, that's no." Yeah, and go to the doctor. She's like, "Congratulations!" And I'm uh, like, "For oh, what? What? <laughs> oh man, that's one thing you don't want to go to Vince McMahon with." Uh, and I had to go and. Vincent man to say, hey, you remember all that money you just put into me? That big debut we had? Yeah. Can I take nine months off, man? <laughs> what a baby. <laughs> but you had to do that. I had to do that. Yeah. And it's, it's, they were very supportive. Um, some people, though, congratulated me, and it was very obvious that they were like, congratulations. Great. You fucked up your career. Oh. <laughs> uh, but, you know... Um, there was never a question as to whether you would have the baby or not? For me, no. Yeah. It was... Yeah, you have the baby. I'm having a baby. Yeah. Sorry. So... Were uh, you with the man? Yes. Oh, good. You met him, Dan. Yeah, he's a good guy. Yeah. So, okay, so so right at that at four week mark, when do you take... Do they... Does it stop there? Yeah. Oh, that's immediately. It. I do like... Because they don't want to put any more money in because in three months you're not going to be able to work. Right. Right, we do a a promo with me in the ring. Mm. First day I'm crying, and the next day I cut a promo saying, "Hey, I'm having a baby. I'll be back. Thank you." Yeah. What not? Um, but it, it was not meant to be. Lost the baby, oh. and that was emotionally really oh soul crushing. To this day, it's very very hard. Like when we filmed episode two, I was very like. 
Wait, what, what, what happened in episode two? Melrose with the ketchup. Oh. And I was like, I, I really? No, I know nobody knows, but this is torture. Wow. Um, but watching it yeah. at the premiere was funny as hell. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Yeah. I laughed so hard. Well, there's a lot of stuff in the show that, like, I imagine. For me, being the dick that I am on the show is a little different, but you know, some of the stuff that the women go through is like fucking, you know, some yeah. real shit. Yeah, you, you know, I mean, I'm there, but like, like I wasn't going to register a miscarriage in the same way. Certainly. Right. Yeah. So, well, how long into it before the, when that happened? About six months. Oh my god. Yeah, late term. I had to deliver and everything. It was very, it had complications, and you know, hospitalized in and out for yeah. a couple of months. Yeah blood transfusions it was just yeah. hard yeah so it took me a while to come back i came back that january at the royal rumble and that was the last time anyone saw me in wwe ever again on who, whose choice was that uh the companies yeah i just i think they felt i wasn't in the shape or emotional space i needed to be to be on the road and they were they were right they were yeah because you were just so uh, broken up about it. I was just it. very broken up. How long did that last? Uh, three years. Oh, boy. And you so, well, To this day, but three years of very just, I'm right. in the house, I'm shut off from the world, don't talk to me, it'll be okay someday, but right now I just need to sit here. So you didn't work at all? Mm, I worked, but it was very, I was on autopilot. Right. You know, she got to eat. Yeah. But I was on auto, autopilot. I didn't socialize, but I would go Because you're thing. just heartbroken. Yeah. Just go do my thing and come back home, and that was it. Because thankfully, with wrestling, you only have to do it like maybe five, six times a month to yeah. keep things afloat. What What sort of gave way that enabled you to kind of start functioning again? I think once... You know, your body goes through changes. Yeah. Once the hormones and the postpartum calms down. Yeah. And I'm, Dan and I were on a good foot. Yeah. And we had moved. And so we're in this new space. Yeah. And then oddly TNA came back into my life, gave me a call and said, hey, we want you to come back. And I can't, I was like... Oh, okay, I'm not doing anything. <laughs> I'm not really doing anything. I will come back as long as it's fun, and I'll stay as long as it's fun. Yeah. And I did. I stayed as long as it was fun. And once it wasn't fun anymore, you left. I was gone. How long was that for? A year. Yeah. Almost exactly. But it helped you get out of the. Out it of the, did. The it funk. Was, oh, that year was such a blast because no I good. just did, I just didn't care one way or the other. It was right. like you know maybe this is my last year in wrestling. Have some fun, right? And then deuces, Kia. Yeah, and and so you you lasted you you stayed a year, and then it got not fun. It got very not fun. <laughs> and then what happens? Uh, I leave, and two months later, I get a call saying, "Hey, Kia, there's a script about Glow, and I think you should read for it." And Who I'm called like, you? Brian Wittenstein, he's yeah. now my rep. He was a friend of mine in wrestling. Yeah, and uh, back in my first TNA days. Yeah, and now he's a Hollywood agent. Uh huh. And he gives me a call, and he's like, "There's this part," and it was for Cherry, actually. Yeah. And and I didn't get Cherry, and I was like, "Oh no!" He's like, "But wait, wait, wait! There's more." <laughs> yeah. There's this other part. They liked your tape. They they want you know yeah. that word bubbly came up again. Yeah. Um, they want you to read for something else, and I'm like, 
okay. And I was actually on my way to Japan at the time to do um, a show for Aja, Aja Kong, her 30th anniversary. And I'm in the I'm in the airport and I'm cutting, reading the sides yeah. and everything. And we put it together and we send it in. And about a month later, they called and said, yeah, you got Tame. And I was like, yes. Oh, and, and then awesome. and the rest is history. And the rest is history. Well, you did a great job. Thank you. And I think that, like, you know, we had that one big scene together that you were nervous about where you come into the office. Oh, yeah, you remember that? Yeah, I do. <laughs> so but nervous. You, but you were so good. Oh, thank you. I was Mark. nervous, too. I was nervous the whole time, kind of. I didn't know. You know, like. <laughs> I couldn't tell because you float. Like, you, you, <laughs> watching you are Sam Sylvia. <laughs> I became that guy pretty good. Yes. But you were great. I mean, everything you did was great. And I, I like, even, you know, there's a scene there, there's a brief moment. Where, you know, when you take Betty's baby, that was just so beautiful. <laughs> you know, like you, like, it seems to me that whatever experience you had, you know, in performing, you know, really enabled you, like you were comfortable in your body and you were expressive and your emotions were right there all the time. Mm. And like, you know, you, you knew how to act. I don't know if you knew you did, but you definitely did. Oh, well, thank you. Did, I grew up in acting. I don't know if I. No. We didn't talk about that. No, we didn't. My mom was an actress. Oh, really? And then later transformed behind the camera. And, you know, that's why she was so, she knew what to do to get on with a fortune. Cause she was an actress and dramatic. Oh, really? Yeah, she actually did a movie. She starred in a movie with Americana, a glow girl, uh-huh. called Provoked. Yeah. yeah. So I grew up going to auditions. I never got a principal part, but I did some, uh, back then we called it extra work. Today we call it background work. My brother got some principal stuff. But yeah, I grew up on sets and stuff. Oh, so you knew it. Took took drama, and I was a drama nerd in school. Was in plays and whatnot. Oh, so, so it was entertainment's like, yeah. always been. And I, like Ruth, yeah, I thought wrestling would be my way in to entertainment. Uh-huh. It took fifteen effing years, but now I'm finally a principal actor on a show. But that was so in your mind. That was part of your original intention. Uh, yeah, I mean? I mean, I loved wrestling, right? But it, you know, my mom always wanted to be like that star, but she put being a mom first and took yeah. care of her kids. Right. You know? And I thought, you know, yeah, if I can get into wrestling, I mean, look at The Rock, you yeah. know, because at the time he was doing uh, right when I got into wrestling, he was doing The Mummy and he did The Scorpion King. So like, you knew that was a possibility. I knew that was a possibility. And 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 then Stone Cold Steve Austin was on like the Chuck Norris Whatever Chuck Norris was doing at the time, yeah, was, yeah, uh, like, um, uh, yeah, that guess, the, something Texas Rangers, yes, yeah, yes. yes. And so I'm like, that's a, po- yeah. And then you just got taken away by wrestling. I did. I got my- mad. It sucked. <laughs> I mean, because like it was just like very comfortable. Yeah, I knew, I knew how to do it in my sleep. Like I yeah. said, I was on autopilot during you know yeah. all my depression. So it was like, well, yeah, I know how to fight so, and play fights. So, so yeah. So this was a, a big break. You know it, that you know you want you. This was part of the goal. Yes. It wasn't like you know we took her away from wrestling. You're, no. <laughs> no, it was not. It's so it's sad. Your mom couldn't see it. It's very sad. She would, but you know, Liz and Carly were great. They put little nods to her in the show, like on my headshot and back with some things that she did. Oh, really? Yeah, and um, she later became the contestant coordinator for Family Feud. So they put in there that I was the audience coordinator for Family Feud. Oh, that's sweet. And so that that was very sweet. Like like me and my sister were like, gosh, why is she here just to, just uh, to see this? Yeah. Now what about your dad? Does he is he part of your the thing? Does he 
uh, my father lives in Pennsylvania. Well, I have two fathers. I have my biological father and then my father who raised me, who's my who's my papa. That's my daddy. The one who was married to your mom. The mom's yeah. yeah. Tony Durant. That's my that's my dad. Yeah. He, um, I'm, he I'm a daddy's girl. He's in he's he moved to Pennsylvania uh-huh. after my mom passed with his new girlfriend. It was really weird because she looks like my mom in oh. a very weird way and yeah. was like dressing her in my mom's clothes. I'm like, oh, daddy. Oh, daddy. <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> you poor. He loved her, though. Like, he loved her. So yeah. we we, we kind of got it. We we're like, oh, that's my mama's stuff. Oh, yeah. wait, that's right. Yeah. You're broken, dude. <laughs> Go ahead. Go at it. Here's a jacket. <laughs> is he still around? Yes. My father is very, very, he checks in on me all the time. Does he? Is he excited about the show? Yeah. He called him when we were, I was on the way to the premiere, and he was like, I just saw you on the TV. I, oh, wow. I saw you on the, you was on the commercial. You was on the, you did good. And I was just like, oh, Papa. That's sweet. <laughs> and what about the biological dad? Did you ever find that guy? Uh, well, you know, um, I'm very, <laughs> I, yes, we know where he is. He knows where we are. And I'm very close. I was very close with my, you know, his, his mom and his dad and my grandparents, he was just not part right. really, but yeah. it didn't matter because I had I had me a dad. Sure, sure. Yeah. So you know where he is. Yeah, I know where enough. he is. You know, <laughs> that's enough. That's yes, enough. <laughs> well, look, I think I think uh, I'm very excited for you uh, for the glow, and I, Thank you know, you I hope I hope we get an, another season because right? it was fun. It was so fun, and there's so much more to learn about so many of the characters. Yes, you included. Yeah, that, that's the most exciting thing about the possibility of another show. It's not. It's not really about the job as much as like what happens. What happens? I'm, right? I'm in the with the rest of the world of like what happens. Yeah, what happens next? We don't know. We don't know. None of us know. None of us know. Well, I, I think we'll find out pretty soon. Yes. Well, I got a question then. Like, was there like when you were when we were getting the scripts? Was there like what, did you have any similar issues that your character had with Welfare Queen? As you, Kia? Yeah. Being named Kong. It was like, okay, I'm Welfare Queen. And then Kong I had a problem with. Yeah. And it's like, what you know, what do you do with that? So, you so know. You, you applied the same sort of Oh, reasoning. I applied the same sort of, you know, yeah, I'm reasoning. Gonna and I'm going to own it. And, and that's did. what Tam A does. She's like, yeah, I'm going <laughs> to. Y'all didn't get wise, my people. It was great. It was great. <laughs> it, it, it really plays. You, you know, the weird thing is, is that uh, so much of it doesn't seem that dated. Right. That the issues still persist. Right. Right? Like, seriously, when you think about Even it. Even more now, yeah. Yeah, we still got Russia themes playing to this day. Terrorist themes. Yes. You know, class themes, race themes. Man. Yeah, it's it's really, because I, I know that when we were shooting it, you know, we were there the night of the election. It was, like, devastating. Like, yes. It, that, that set was just devastating. Yes. Yeah, and, and so much of it was written with this sort of you know swagger and confidence of, of heading into the first female president. Sure was. And then now that that did not happen, and you know the opposite really happened of everything we had gotten comfortable with. I I you know sadly think that the show means more. Yes. You know? Do you feel that? Oh, I feel that definitely. It's wild. Sad but wild. Sad, good. But Sad wild. and good. Yes, <laughs> something to cling to. Yeah. Well, uh, well, good. Well, well, well. I hope to see you in a couple months. Yes, me too, Mark. Thanks, Kia. Thank you. See that? See that? You never know how you're going to arrive where you want to be if you're if you're lucky. So again, have a safe fourth. Um, do I need to play guitar? I'll do it next week. 
All right, be careful, will you? Boomer lives!